Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday afternoon. It's the Rush Hour, March 1st, 2024. We got all your entertainment and content news in one place. Going to be discussing a lot here. I'm actually recording this episode a schmidge earlier than normal. I try to give you guys the most up-to-date, late-breaking news possible, but I am off to do a podcast today, and when you go to a podcast, you can't be two places at once. So it's the big deposition day. As I promised earlier this morning on the podcast, I said, we'll be live on Patreon, and we are live right now. Hello, all of our Patreon members out there watching the video version of this podcast, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. And we for sure thought that at 8 uh, a.m. Central time, I should say 9 a.m. Central time, we thought we would know for sure whether or not Jane Doe showed up to her deposition, which, by the way, wouldn't be a big discussion if she hadn't dodged the first deposition. Now, she claims she wasn't dodging her first deposition. She claims she had a motion that she was waiting on the judge to grant to seal the case and to dismiss this and to dismiss that and quash this and quash that, all of which the judge denied. All of the judge's decisions at the um, hearing last week, or I should say the conversation about how to move forward, pretty much sided with Clayton Eckerd's side, former bachelor, in that they wanted to go from a 45-minute trial to a two-hour trial, give more time for discovery, make her sign all of her HIPAA release papers. And of course, two days ago, we reported here and broke the story on our YouTube, a story in which almost no media attention was paid to it. We got, uh, there was an article written by, again, our good friend, Megan Fox, absolutely grateful for her, but no media covered the fact that she essentially, it seems, was threatening to extort Clayton with a $1.4 million lawsuit, saying, I will sue you for this amount because of violations you made as my real estate agent, unless you drop this non-paternity suit against me. And I'll tell you what, folks, I don't know about you, but whenever we start talking about million-dollar lawsuits to get other things dropped... Don't you want to see how it all plays out? Which is why I'll be sharing a stack of information today on a very notable podcast, one of which I will share with you once it's public. I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want uh, the podcast host to get spooked with some crazy, you know, legal threats. And then she goes, and then they go, you know what? I don't know. I don't think I want to do this anymore, Dave, which of course is what most podcasters, at least the spineless ones like Nick Vile, uh, uh, did. They didn't share the story when we needed them to share it and um, only shared it when it was to benefit him. And that's the true sense of the psychopathic self known as podcasting. So I'm getting messages from people wondering, is the deposition happening? It appears so. It appears so. And I'll say why, because as I'm recording this afternoon rush hour, it's late morning, my time in central time zone. And I thought initially when I didn't hear from any sources as to whether or not the deposition was happening, I thought initially that meant she was no showing. But the longer I don't get an answer from anyone, the more I believe that maybe they started the deposition early. Maybe she had a monster energy drink. Maybe her horse got her there a little quicker than normal. And, uh, you know, they shot that horse with a couple extra uh, tranquilizers or whatever. So put some uh, morphine in the old hips and it galloped its way over to the law office. And maybe they're starting that thing early. We'll have to see. And in other news regarding entertainment celebrity lawsuits, we broke the story. I guess I didn't break it, but we covered the story yesterday that Ariana Maddox and Tom Sandoval 
people are being sued by uh, Tom Sandoval's uh, other woman. So that's Rachel uh, Levis, a.k.a. Raquel. Uh, if you didn't follow Scandaval, it was the biggest story to hit the world, really. I mean, it was absolutely wild. It tore the world upside down. And while it's wrong and morally reprehensible for Rachel to hook up with Tom Sandoval and have a love affair while he's nine years into a relationship with Ariana, now in the court documents, Rachel claims Ariana knew about it and said, save it for season 11. Now, if that's the case, then Ariana is the Meryl Streep of actors in the Bravo world because she was heartbroken and angry and enraged and all that jazz, which I tend to believe more so that Ariana was feeling her real emotions. Uh, I believe if there was some grand conspiracy that everybody knew this was already happening, I believe that would have already come out because as we saw, Tom Sandoval, for the most part, um, was um, railroaded in this situation and again, of his own deserving. Well, According to the documents that Rachel Levis is posting in her lawsuit against Tom and Ariana, she's now saying Bravo conspired with Tom Sandoval to edit out a very damning scene. I'm going to read from her uh, law documents right now. On March 4th, 2023, the day after news of the affair had broken, production directed Rachel Levis to film with Tom Sandoval at her L.A. apartment. With cameras rolling, Levis confronted Sandoval for secretly recording pornographic videos of her and storing them unprotected on his phone. Tom Sandoval had not only invaded her privacy and breached her trust, but had also left her enormously vulnerable to a nightmare scenario of the videos leaking on the internet. Tom Sandoval responded to Levis's fury with cowardice and lies claiming falsely that he had obtained permission to record her. Seeing that Rachel Levis was having none of it, however, Sandoval ultimately offered a reluctant admission in a sheepish apology. Sandoval was clearly rattled. After filming ended, an erratic and unsettled Sandoval refused to leave Rachel Levis's apartment in spite of her requests. Rachel Levis was forced to have her sister and brother-in-law pick her up and drive her to their home. That day, Rachel Levis retained an attorney to mitigate the risk of the illicit videos leaking. Once at her sister's home, Rachel Levis turned off her phone for two days, hoping the heat would die down. However, media reports suggest Tom Sandoval was in a panic over the on-screen confrontation with Rachel. Specifically, he was concerned that being accused of recording non-consensual porn would paint him in a negative light. It's like, first of all, Tom Sandoval, you're already painted in a negative light. Sandoval, there's no positive light here. Sandoval reportedly threatened to cease all further filming for the show unless he was granted editing rights over the scene. Shockingly, Bravo and Evolution obliged his demand. The scene was selectively edited to omit any mention of Sandoval's illicit recordings of lack uh, or Le Levis's lack of consent. Now, if this lawsuit has merit, you would think that Rachel Levis would be able to sue uh, or subpoena for the files from that day. Um, you don't just delete the uh, non-used uh, 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 video footage. So what went down there? And did Bravo, did they conspire to edit that part of the scene out? Wild stuff. And of course, other wild accusations made by her, uh, but it's a very fascinating lawsuit. And again, multiple things can be true. It's a, it's a true test to people's critical thinking skills. You can be upset at Rachel and all of the moral deficiencies of cheating and doing all the things that happen, you can absolutely be upset. But at the same time, the way the show handled that, making her this the utmost, I mean, the whole world was against her. You know, just a human who made a very bad mistake, right? A non-legal 
very bad mistake. She had to go to mental health therapy and, you know, needed, I mean, I just, you know, wicked, wicked, wicked uh, scenario. And of course, um, you know, uh, Rachel also claims that Sheena Shea pushed her against a wall and punched her and all these things. Heavy accusations will be very interesting to see how this plays out. My guess is we aren't going to see this play out on season 12 of Vanderpump, but this isn't exactly a bad thing for Vanderpump as far as it keeps people watching the show. Sadly, though, Rachel, I mean, I do believe she's entitled to some form of compensation here. I mean, it's what I mean, they absolutely railroaded her. I'd love to know your thoughts. Let me know. I'll be back with more content right after this. Katie Holmes needs your help. She's actively looking for work as Tom Cruise child support payments near end. Frantic Katie Holmes is racing to reinvent herself as her kid with, uh, you know what they should do is Dawson's Creek. Can we get, I mean, you got to be an old millennial. This isn't a young millennial thing. You got to be an old millennial, but can we get Dawson's Creek back? Is the creek even there? Maybe due to the environment, uh, you know, being crushed, the creek's polluted. Wouldn't that be a nice, a Dawson's Creek, um, not remake, but a reboot where we all see where they are now and everyone like, Everyone who was in Dawson's Creek all had some sort of like tragic thing happen. Like one person, you know, cheated on their spouse, got knocked up with a plumber. The other had an opioid addiction. It's a real hellhole of Dawson's Creek. It's turning like the local factory shut down. Everyone's there just, you know, like it's kind of like the Breaking Bad. I would love a Breaking Bad Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Bad. We're going to call it Dawson's Bad. I just thought of it on the spot. For over a decade, the former Dawson's Creek cutie, 45, lived high on the hog thanks to the plush payments from 61-year-old Tom. But that financial cushion is about to lose its stuffing, which is why sources say Katie is on the prowl for acting work. By the way, this is just a such a shit article right here from In Touch Weekly. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's maybe she was just being a mom. You know what I mean? For years, Katie's enjoyed a lavish lifestyle thanks to Tom's consistent support. And by the way, Tom paying $400,000 a year for her child support, while it seems like a lot to you and I, the guy's worth so much money, it's probably not that much. Um, uh, Bruce from Oregon on Patreon said, the Wendy's in Dawson's Creek has surge pricing now. Yeah, that's it. The creek has probably dried up in this environment. Oh, boy, yeah. The creek is a real... Everyone's just like hooking for money, and um, you know the drug game is really bad. They're, uh, maybe they're floating bricks of um, fentanyl down the creek. Uh, they've killed all the salmon. It's a real, it's a real hellhole in Dawson's Creek. You remember they used to sneak out of the window. Um, now they don't. Now they sneak out of the window because the front door is boarded up. It's a real mess out there uh, at Dawson's Creek. Uh, she's if James Vanderbeek is, he's got one tooth left. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> he's like a he's a, like a local musician that plays um, for tips on Tuesday nights. Um, <clears throat> anyway. I'm making this all up in my head. Uh, it's a Friday, folks. So anyway, well, let's uh, good luck to uh, to Katie Holmes and good luck to the Bobert family. Lauren Bobert's son allegedly robbed a woman with a brain tumor of her last $75. That's not good. Representative Lauren Bobert, a Republican in Colorado who, again, uh, preaches family values, has been having a rough time of it over the past few weeks. Her chances of being reelected in Colorado 
Colorado's 3rd District were almost nil, so she switched to the more conservative 4th District where she's getting clobbered in the polls. Now her son, Tyler, 18, he's an adult, has been arrested after allegedly robbing a woman with a brain tumor of her last $75. Now, I'm not going to argue in defense of this guy, but did he know she had a brain tumor? Because if he's just trying to rob someone of 75 bucks, that's one thing. How about this? What if Lauren Boebert's son lives in Dawson's Creek? What if he's part of this problem? And what if there's a brain tumor because, you know, um, the local factory that just shut down was dumping chemicals into the creek? Huh? How's that for a storyline? Tyler Bober, sadly, I make my story up, but this is real. Tyler Bober was arrested on 22 criminal charges relating to his alleged crime spree. Rather than being upset about that, Lauren Boebert jumped on Twitter to hammer President Joe Biden, writing, the Biden crime family will go down as the most corrupt political family in American history. Which, again, I'm not arguing for or against that, but pretty wild that Tyler Boebert's little alleged crime escapade, including robbing the brain tumor victim of the last $75 she had. The newspaper hilariously noted that Tyler is just about as smart as his mom, since he wore a hoodie plastered with the name of her restaurant while he was allegedly mid-crime spree. Oh, no! Listen, I'm telling you guys, when you go on a crime spree, don't wear hoodies that have the name of your mom's restaurant. Tyler's February 27 arrest marks his second time in two years that he was found himself on the wrong side of the law. In 2022, charges were filed against him for a car crash that left one of his friends hospitalized. All right, so it's just a sad story, but um, we'll have to see if he pays the price. Um, Son of a congresswoman, he's clearly not living a life of uh, nobility. I mean, who would have thought? All right. So anyhow, folks, I covered this on the YouTube today, but as we wait for the deposition of Clayton Eckerd, uh, former bachelor, excuse me, the deposition of his accuser. So again, I know you guys all know this, but in the off chance you're stumbling upon my podcast for the first time, um, Clayton Ecker was accused of being the father of this lady's unborn twins. Knowing he wasn't the father, he filed a motion to prove non-paternity, to which she replied, let's just dismiss this. And he's like, no, I'm not going to dismiss it at all. A judge ruled she needed to share all of her HIPAA records. And what did she do? Two days before the deposition on Wednesday evening, she emails the lawyer for Clayton and says, I'm going to sue your client for $1.4 million due to whatever, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, real estate, uh, uh, you know, breaches that he made. She said, but there is a alternative solution. There's an alternative solution. I will forego my $1.4 million lawsuit against him. If he just drops this case against me, no harm, no foul. Let's move it along. Nothing to see here, folks. I tell you what, would Jane Dodo live in Dawson's Creek? I think Jane Dodo would be the pregnant lady who's okay. I'm done with the Dawson's Creek thing. Although I have to admit I know, I know there's some of you guys out there that are thinking, Dave, that Dawson's Creek idea, that's a pretty good idea. That's a pretty dark, good, you know, make the show like really blue themed. Like everything's just dark, just really method out. You got to meth that creek out. Anyway, commenters are pulling up past documents from Jane Doe saying she actually claimed she would pay him $100,000 um, if he, you know, to prove that she was actually pregnant with his kids. This is what she said in an exhibit. The petitioner has multiple text messages where the respondent, that's Clayton, is abusive in writing. So she's claiming he's abusive in writing. Tell that to a real abuse victim. Tell an abuse victim that writing is abusive. In addition, the petitioner has guaranteed the respondent that he is the father and even offered to pay him $100,000 if he was not with proof of funds given to him. 
So she claims she has proof that she's got $100,000, which by the way, this will be good information to have if and probably when she loses her case against Clayton and owes him a hundred grand. And she goes, well, judge, I don't know if I really have that kind of money. I mean, what do you want from me? I haven't been able to work because my podcast hasn't been making much because it sucks as a podcast uh, when I can't fabricate stories, you know? Uh, so like, what am I supposed to do? And then the judge is going to go, well, you did say you had proof of funds right here of $100,000. So I tell you what, you owed him $105,000. let us round that down. You can just pay him $100K. Keep the change, you filthy animal, and we'll see how it all plays out. So who knows if that's what's going to happen. Is that fan fiction or not? But I'll tell you what, um, uh, we're going to find out. <laughs> and if you're interested... Again, I wanted to make a video of this today, but I just don't have the time because I'm going to do this podcast. As soon as I find out any information about this deposition, I will be sharing it on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. All right, we have a lot of non-Bachelor news ranging from Kanye to more Vanderpump to Andy Cohen to Jelaine Maxwell to Taylor Swift. We'll have all that and more right after this. Meghan Markle hits the slopes for a perfect trip with friends as Kate Middleton remains unseen. I haven't been following this story, have you guys? The Duchess of Sussex friends posted on Instagram photo Thursday of her smiling beside Markle and another friend at the top of Powder Mountain near Salt Lake City. Again, not much of a story there, but I guess the question people are asking is, where the hell is the other, uh, you know, lady who married into the royal family known as uh, Kate Middleton. Where, where is Kate Middleton? Has There is little to no Kate Middleton present. Some are saying she hasn't been seen since December, which, again, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I don't know if they give any information as where as to where she could be. Uh, but I guess it's I guess if, she, if it's true she hasn't been seen since December, we can start speculating on what the heck's going on here. Um yeah, I'm not I'm not really seeing any maybe someone in the Patreon could let me know. Middleton's rep confirmed to page six exclusively that the princess is doing well. Kensington Palace made it clear in January the timeline of the princess's recovery, and we'd only be providing significant updates that guidance stands. She isn't expected to attend any public facing events until after Easter, though she reportedly is already back to conducting her royal duties from bed. By the way, if I'm in the royal family, my royal duties are going to be literally to do nothing, okay? Royal duties can kiss my ass. It's already a made-up thing, this whole royal family, right? Am I right out there, all my Americans? Um, Bianca Sensori's dad wants to confront Kanye West over model's trashy nudity. He says, this isn't love. I don't know if you've been following this story, but... Kanye West is like married now to, I guess, a model who essentially never wears any clothing, which again, I love the naked body, but I am a little worried. Like, aren't we worried she's kind of like trapped in this relationship? The father said this, Bianca's father, Leo, wants to have a proper sit down with Kanye and ask him what the hell he is thinking when he parades Bianca around like a trashy naked trophy pony. Because it's one thing to be naked, but when he says he parades her around like a trashy naked trophy pony... That's exactly what he's doing. He wants to ask Kanye what he would do if his daughter's North or Chicago were seen in public. And he says half naked, but to be quite honest, it's definitely not half naked. She's essentially always naked. She's always in like some see-through thing. Again, nothing against the female body, nothing against beauty standards or this or that. I just don't know for sure if we all agree that Bianca's got you know full ability and is not being in a high controlled relationship. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just asking. You know, we always look at things like Britney Spears and in hindsight, we go, why didn't we do anything? But it's like, here we have 
We never see her smile. We never see really anything going on with her. We just see her being paraded around in like see-through garbage bags and stuff. It's very strange. Very, very strange. And in another strange relationship, uh, we've got Jax Taylor saying he and Brittany Cartwright are living together again after split and say, this is not divorce. We're together. We're living in our home right now. Taylor tells page six while leaving a gym Thursday, just hours after Cartwright announced that they are taking time apart. She was in a, in, in a house for a while, but yeah, she's back now. I don't know too much about this relationship, but they did, they, they were on Vanderpump and now is he getting his own new show? You know, listen, when it comes to the Bravo world, I, I quite literally can't keep up. Andy Cohen, of course, the sort of mastermind, the wizard of the wizard of Oz in the Bravo world is seeking advice from crisis PR friends amid legal woes with Leah McSweeney, Brandy Glanville. Everyone is rallying around him. Andy Cohen, uh, he hired a crisis PR team, which is a red flag. One insider shares with us exclusively. Well, a crisis PR team isn't a red flag. It just means you have a lot of bad, bad PR about you. The bad PR could be a red flag. He, a second source tells us that the King of Bravo has not officially retained any crisis PR firm. Instead, he's getting support from friends who have experience navigating scandals. He does not have a formal agreement. And look, um, you know, the saying an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. I totally understand that. And yet at the same time, Andy Cohen is kind of like the mastermind of all of the drama that happens on Bravo. He's the one pulling the strings and laughing along as everyone else reaches their demise. If a lot of the accusations being made against him are true, um, pfft, Karma's a bitch. I don't know what else to say. You know what I mean? G. Lane Maxwell looks great as she runs Florida prisons half marathon, does yoga and Pilates ahead of March appeal. I shit you not. That's the quote. I'm not. That's just the quote. She's she was photographed jogging behind bars in Florida recently. Um, I would if I was in like a you know prison, would I go jogging? I guess is the question. I mean, it'd be nice if they had like pickleball or something to play. Um, but at the same time, are they feeding you good enough food? Because I wouldn't want to burn my calories and then not get fed well. You know what I mean? Uh, although a lot of people come out of prison in better shape, I guess. So if there's anything good to say about her, it's that, well, at least she gets to work out. I don't know. I mean, she seems to be, uh, you know, part of a pretty dark conspiracy that has left a lot of people um, in a lot of pain. Of course, that being the Jeffrey Epstein nonsense. Um while she's in prison, the whole list of people that were going to Epstein Island, like, uh, we don't know that still. I know that we know some. I haven't been big in covering it. I've just been waiting for, like, other people to cover this because it's so complicated. But in the end, um, I hope she gets justice. I don't know what else to say about that. Let's wrap it up with our final story of the day. Taylor Swift thought Travis Kelsey was funny before meeting him, SNL star says. SNL star Ben Marshall, who, but I mean, I haven't been watching SNL for a few years. I have no, no idea who that is. Joked that he's a little bit responsible for the couple's romance because of his comedy group Please Don't Destroy's work with Kelsey when he hosted an episode of the sketch comedy series in March of 2023. We Oh, the, oh Ben Marshall's not on SNL. He's on a sketch comedy series. We worked with both Taylor and... And Travis Kelsey before they got together is what he says. Oh, very interesting. So we, and we can cut this out if you guys don't want to say this, but she kind of told us that she watched his SNL episode and saw him in our video and was like, oh, this guy seems funny. So like a little bit, we brought them together. Wow. How about that? Bring in together Travis and Taylor free uh, tickets for life. If you ask me. All right, folks. Well, 
we made it to the end. I've got to, um, I've got to save my voice for some other podcast work I have going on. We will have a break, uh, a bachelor rush hour tomorrow morning. My interview with Lucy Sinsheimer from, uh, the, uh, booker for the Zanies comedy clubs. Uh, so I'll have that for you. You're going to want to listen to that as a good conversation and Hey, take some advice from Taylor chicks, dig a guy who's funny. So get out there, make your lady laugh and, uh, you'll leave a good, you'll lead a good life. Um, again, I hope everyone has a fantastic day on Patreon. I will be when it comes to getting you more of that deposition news. Sorry, we don't have it yet, but, um, short of me, uh, you know, postmating some, uh, delivery, uh, dominoes with a, um, microphone attached to it, which would have been a great idea. Uh, we cannot get inside of that room. So we'll get that information out to you on patreon.com slash Dave Neal when it arrives. But in the meantime, have a fantastic Friday. Tell your boss to go fuck himself. I'm Dave Neal. This is Bachelor Right Hour. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush.